I'm Whitney. I'm Danielle. And we are the founders of Sakara Life, on a mission to nourish your body and transform your life. Sakara is a Sanskrit word that describes the action of turning your thoughts into things and manifesting your reality. We believe that who we surround ourselves with, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat, the information that we take in, impacts the way we think and therefore who we are. The conversations that follow are with bold thinkers who have had an impact on how we view the world, ourselves, and what it means to live the Saqqara life. The intention of these conversations is to push each of us to greater heights so that we can turn our thoughts into things and all shine our light a little brighter. We are so excited to be on this journey with you. Welcome to the Sakara Life. Chances are, if you follow astrology, you follow Susan Miller. Susan founded her website, Astrology Zone, back in 1995, which is basically when the internet started, and it now serves 11 million unique readers each year. She's been ranked the number one astrologer around the world and is the go-to source for celebrities, Wall Street brokers, and fashion designers. Each month, Susan publishes lengthy insights on each zodiac sign on her website, Astrology Zone, helping readers identify what opportunities are coming their way that month. She describes herself as a philosopher who uses astrology to get at life's mysteries. I love that. And although she's predicted things like Prince Louis' birth week, Beyonce's wedding year, and President Obama's re-election, Susan claims that she's not a psychic, but a dedicated student of the mathematical cycles of astrology. We've been devout readers of Susan's horoscopes for about forever, And so we are so grateful that we got the opportunity to sit down with her and learn more about how we can all use astrology in our daily lives. Yeah, she's a hoot. I'm excited for y'all to listen. Susan, we are so happy to have you today on the podcast. We are such personal fans of yours. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. Thank you. You really have been in this before it was cool, we have to say, oh. before astrology <laughs> yeah. and all of this. 24 was, years ago when I wow, started, incredible. it was the Wild West on yeah, the internet, believe me. <laughs> yeah. Well, we thought we'd start out by asking you what astrology means. Why do the planets have any say over mm-hmm. our lives? Um, and yeah, wh- what does it mean for us? We have no idea why astrology works, and I think that's what your question was based on. We do know empirically it does. We feel the full moon. We we feel the cycles. Everything in life is based on cycles. The seasons, our internal clock, uh, when we sleep, when we wake, when the body does repair when we sleep. And I learned a lot about that. It does a lot of repair when you sleep. And so... I believe that nature is conservative by nature. She doesn't do one thing she doesn't have to do. When you get sick, you find that out. Like, for example, I've had 40 blood transfusions in my life. I've been deathly sick because of a birth defect. Wow. Internal bleeding. And so when you lose a lot of blood, uh, but there's still blood inside you, nature gathers up all the red blood cells And brings them to your marrow and says, oh, she's going to need to make blood fast to save herself. Usually it takes two months to make a blood cell and more blood. But in that case, it's only three months because she's harvested so many red blood cells. 
there's many examples that mm -hmm. nature is careful and conservative and uses her energy carefully. We're the first people to see the planets. Until the Hubble spacecraft went out, we couldn't see them. Not like we see now. Yeah. We see all the detail, the beauty. And they're not just lanterns in the sky. They have a purpose. And scientists don't want to acknowledge that they have a purpose. They just think they're like mountains or something. <laughs> they're there. But no, everything has a purpose. And it's part of our ecosystem. And we will find out eventually. We don't even know about black holes. I mean, there's just so many things. There's mysteries. And the Dalai Lama says, oh, a Western man thinks they have to solve everything in their lifetime. And it doesn't work that way. But I know astrology works. I went into astrology to see if I'd ever walk again. I had a big brace. I was paralyzed during the operation to save my life. And I wanted to look like you. That's all. I just wanted to look like everybody else. <laughs> so uh, my mother knew astrology. She was a real scholar. Never did consultations. Kept studying. Wow. So I had an amazing teacher, but she wouldn't teach me. So anyway, I kept at my mother. Come on, you're, you know, you're an astrologer. Why won't you teach me? Because this is not a parlor game, she said to me. This is serious. Mm. What you say to people matters. And you need to study 12 years or you won't be any good. And you're only 14. I love that. 12 years. Right now we have a problem on the Internet. So many people are putting out a shingle saying that they're qualified astrologers and they're not. Same with nutrition. People come to me yeah. and they're scared. They, they're told things that are frightening. And I, I, I don't see it in your chart. I'm glad you came. We can straighten this out. I'm accredited by the International Society of Astrologic Research. Now, there are astrologers who are great, who never took the test, who never got accredited. But you really should study a long time because you have to see the cycles. It's the, probably the only profession, the older you get, the better you get. Because <laughs> you've lived through more. <laughs> Just like your grandma when you go to her and you say, Oh, Grandma, I have Pluto square the sun, opposition the moon, uh, Uranus square Saturn. My chart is a mess. Everything's going wrong. And, she's, and she laughs. And she says, I had that in 1946. And she laughs because she conquered it. And she knows you will, too. So, oh, yeah. And I remember talking to my mother or something like that. And she looked very sympathetic with her big blue eyes. And she said quietly, sometimes that happens. And true? to me, that meant it's part of life. It's natural. Mm. And you'll get through it. But she didn't have to say all those words. She was very good about not saying too much. You know? Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Well, so let's get back into how does it actually work and how should we use it in our lives? Mm -hmm. I know for me personally, whenever I'm going through something, I'll use it. I'll turn toward <laughs> my horoscope or what's going on in the stars uh -huh. for some yeah. guidance. Or even just recently, we've been saying... You had an eclipse. Well, a lot of people are feeling something. And a lot oh, of people sure. are feeling the same things, a lot of shift, a lot of change, mm -hmm. a lot of emotion, where it's not just me or it's not just Danielle. It's not, you know, we're hearing it from our clients. We're hearing from our friends. Oh, yeah, and so we say, universal. oh, we need to look into what is this? What's going on? Well, you know, um, you have to first watch the new moons and full moons. New moons open opportunity. Full moons crystallize things and give you answers. But they don't necessarily give it to you the same month. For example, let's say you have a new moon in your house of honors, awards, achievement, fame. That means 
You have once a year. You have one of them a year. If you don't use it, you're going to have to wait another year. And hopefully it's a good one. Sometimes we have little witches of new moons. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay, we have to work around this. And I tell my readers how to do that on my website, astrologyzone.com. But let's say you do initiate something on that new moon, maybe the day after. You have to do it within a few days after. You have about a week. That each day gets weaker, okay, it, until you get so close to the full moon, she's used up all her energy, and now she must rest, and the full moon takes over. Mm -hmm. You start to feel the full moon two days ahead, but even if you think something's crystallized, I'd say, no, there's more information coming. That, new, that full moon has to peak. So you want to watch those, and Full moons and new moons on steroids are eclipses. <laughs> a lunar eclipse is always a full moon. A solar eclipse is always a new moon. Mm. New moon solar eclipses are generally really good, but not always. We just got a letter, uh, really made me sad. Um, I had said that the Christmas day, it was one on Christmas day, but in Europe it was the 26th, you know, so I said 25, 26, was a Swedish sugar. It was one of the best eclipses I had ever seen. And this girl wrote to us and said, I lost my twins. You know, she was pregnant and she lost them on that eclipse. I We wrote back to ask her, first of all, her birthday. And we want to know how far into the pregnancy. Was it the first week? Was it five months? You know, I, I really want to know. Because I learned, and we looked at her chart, my assistant and I, she's studying astrology, we saw everything was squared to Pluto and Saturn, very tough aspects. Most people didn't have anything like that, and I felt so sorry for her, but she had nothing bad in the future, so I wanted to encourage her to keep going. Um, things happen, and it's devastating, and if you, you're doing in vitro, this is my number one question, can I have a baby? I mean, by far. I was going to ask you what your number yeah, one question is. That is that. And so when you get a question mm -hmm. like that, and that's what I was kind of speaking to earlier is this idea of we use astrology, I think, when it's convenient. And I think if we could actually make it part of our everyday. No, we shouldn't. Of, I'll tell you, you why. You don't think so? Interesting. Not just when things are bad. I, I point out worthy goals. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes you're so fixated on a psycho landlord. <laughs> you're not realizing you have fantastic money aspects and you could ask for a raise. We just get so fixated. Yes. My job is to show you what else is in your garden and what you can pluck off the tree. But you always have to show the universe your intent. You have to say, I want this yes. and work toward it. You'll get the opportunity and even the means to take advantage of it. But you have to meet the universe halfway. You know, people say to me, I didn't meet Mr. Wright on last Saturday when you said it was good. Did you leave the house? Did you? Right. Where were you? What were no. you doing? How did, did you, you show up? You know, yeah. I, I asked my sister, how did, how did you meet your husband? And um, my sister's a little bit of a handful. So I'm wondering, how did this work out? They're married like 30 years. They have two beautiful children. And she said, well, I went to a party. It was kind of in a restaurant bar. And he was sitting having a drink at the bar. And I looked at all the girls, and they were all very young. So I went up to him and said, you really have to talk to me. 
I said, why do I have to talk to you? She said, look at them. They're all too young for you. You want to have an interesting conversation? You should talk to me. He said, all right. Would you like a drink? Okay, I'll have a glass of wine. <laughs> They're married. Yeah. If she didn't say something... Yeah, it's not I, like a- I, I'm now at the point where I realize men are afraid of girls. <laughs> We're, they're afraid of the rejection, and we should make it a little easier for them just by saying something nice. One man said something so interesting. You know, I have two daughters, and when they lived home, came over the house, and they were, you know, just pulling things together. They were almost ready to leave. And he said, Mrs. Miller, I found out how to pick up girls. I'm like, oh, you better tell me. My readers are probably doing that. Tell me, tell me, what is it? Well, I'll go to a party and I'll see a nice girl I want to talk to. I'll ask her name. And then I say, do you read Susan Miller? I burst out laughing. <laughs> and she goes, what an enlightened man. And, and But we go on your app and, and we look at your monthly. Oh, Susan said you took a long trip. I did take a long trip. I went to Paris for my job. Well, how did that work out? She said it should have been good. Yes, it was. Well, let's look at yours. And it breaks the ice. Wow. I think it is so funny. Quite the pickup lines. Yeah. What's your sign? <laughs> but if it engenders but, love, I'm happy about absolutely. that. I love I, what you're saying, you know, though. I, I love what you're saying in so much that even though the planets and astrology can guide us, mm-hmm. we have to do at least half the work. We have to meet the universe halfway. And so if somebody, you said some of the most common questions are, will I have a baby? Will I meet Mr. Right? Mm -hmm. So how do you think about answering those questions? You look at their chart or like, what does the process look like? You know, you, you should do a chart, but you have two charts. And this is something nobody understands. You have a sun sign chart and a chart by your birth time to the exact time of birth. And people think, oh, sun sign chart? The sun is in the middle of our solar system. None of the other planets march around Venus or Mercury or Mars or any of the others. March around the sun. So he has a special place. If you only look at your rising sign, which is what the custom chart will tell you, it's the sign on the eastern horizon over here as you're being born. The East River in New York, <laughs> which isn't quite east if you look at your compass, but um, it comes up in the east and it sets in the uh, the west. And it's if you look on a round clock, it's from nine to three. That is the line. That is the horizon line of Earth. And that point where the nine is on a clock is the first house and the most important. So you should always read for your rising sign. And your sun sign. Uh, like if you read Astrology Zone, you have to read both. I know it's a lot of <laughs> a lot of reading. <laughs> Good reading. But, oh, thank reading. you. And Don't read for your moon sign because most of us know our emotional state and the moon rules your emotional state. Mm-hmm. Uh, the moon's role in your chart is a multifaceted. It's how you see your mother. Uh, and you could have three children with three different moons and they see their mother differently. Although both my children have the moon in Aquarius, so they see me the same way. But it's that and how what your relationship was like when you were little. Did she criticize you a lot? Was she encouraging? Was it a chaotic atmosphere? Was it calm? You know, I can see those things. But I don't go into a lot of past psychology. I really don't. I think it's pretentious. I don't like psychological astrology. I like predictive. I find it's much more useful 
But can you, ex- it, you, can you give an example of psychological astronomy? Astrology. Astrology, sorry. <laughs> they go into your past, almost like a psychiatrist oh. would. Now, if you're very troubled about something, let's say there's a girl who has many offers to get married and she turns them all down. Well, you have to ask, what was your home life like? And I can look at it. What was your mother's relationship to your father? Because that is the template you saw. And the baby growing up in that house thinks everybody has that. They don't know that some people have it better or worse. <laughs> you know, so you, I do touch on that, of course, but I don't spend the whole two hours on that. Right. I look more to the future. You know, it's interesting. People have a certain, think of your friends. Some people are living in the future. Some are living in now. And some are living in the past. Absolutely. And you see it. And you can be old at 80 or at 35. And you can be young at 80. You know, it's 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 how you approach life. Yeah. I do love that about your astrology and what you write on your site is that it's very forward facing. Yeah. And it's with context of what might have happened in the past. I always put it with, in context. Yeah. It's very forward facing. Because you weren't born today. So I say, okay, here's what frustrated you. And like, for example, what are do you mind saying your signs? <laughs> sure. I'm a Capricorn, Sagittarius rising, and a Capricorn moon. Oh, so no wonder that eclipse must have affected you. What day, Capricorn? January 7th. Oh, yeah. You're about 16 degrees. And the second one probably affected you more, the one January 10th. But think back to last summer. The July 16th eclipse was a monster. Do you remember what happened? Oh, my gosh. It was awful. Awful. That one was mean. I'm literally the sign that I can't remember what I am. So <laughs> Danielle is that's why Andrea is handing me mine right now. So I'm Gemini Sun, Libra Rising, and Aquarius Moon. Oh, you're all air. You're all communication. Oh, yeah. So you're Gemini Rising? Yep. And what, what no, you're Gemini Sun. Lib- Libra Rising. <laughs> okay. Is that the, the airy side of me? I just can't seem to remember. No, but wait. When's your birthday? May 27th. Oh yeah, yeah. You are you're definitely a Gemini and you're very talented with writing and speaking. Very really mm. talented. Well, All Geminis should be writing or speaking. I mean, they really have it. My husband yeah. is a Gemini and he is big is on he writing. Like a reporter or a He's a writer, big writer. This is fantastic. Yeah, he loves that. I always so thought being married it. to a writer was the best thing in the whole world. When's your birthday? Can you tell no, us about I, you? Oh, no. I can't. No? Twitter goes crazy. There are 12 <laughs> birthdays out there. They're all wrong. No, I want to focus oh, on that. Keep... It's almost like having the New York Times write about the devastation with that tornado and the reporter saying, and my house was right down the road. That's unprofessional. That's fair. <laughs> yeah. No, I don't. But thank you. <laughs> and so when you when we can look at some of the things you write about our signs and, and when we were born and the planets, are should we only be looking at the sun, the rising? Well, and... that'll give you 80 percent. OK. Yeah. Now, I just did an event for Bloomingdale's and people were allowed to ask me a question. And um, some of the questions were really serious, like a very substantial man came and he said, I've been out of work two years. And I'm like. Oh, no. I mean, you have to get back in the game, take anything. 
But then I came up with ideas for him. Boy, they were moving the line fast. And I, I don't know if they thought I was psychic. I am not psychic. If an astrologer says she's a psychic astrologer runaway, she doesn't want to do the very intricate math. I mean, that's not a good sign. Intuitive astrologers, psychic astrologers, no. <laughs> I do the math. You can look up anything I say in a book. And I you love can that. say, can oh, you... Susan, you forgot something. I love that. You know, or it didn't work out for me that way, but it worked out this way. I love that. That's, you know, we had the Gutenberg Bible we could read. We have radio we could hear. We have television we could see, read, and hear. But now we have social media. It closes the box. It's a huge leap for civilization because you have feedback. It makes you better. Yeah, I yeah. agree with that. What is some of the math that you're referring to? Like even just now when you said Whitney's sign, you said, oh, that's 13 degrees or 16 degrees. What oh, is, yeah. What does the math look like that you're referring well, to? Well, each sign has 30 degrees. It starts with zero, ends with 29 degrees and 59 minutes. Um, she's born in the middle of the sign. She's on the 7th because it begins on the 21st of December, ends around the 20th. When, well, 2021st depends. Everybody thinks that the sun rolls into the next sign at the stroke of midnight. It's not like that. Right. It could happen at three o'clock in the afternoon. You know, that's what happened with um, President Trump's son, Barron. He was born on the first day of spring. Everybody thought he'd be a wheeler dealer. The sun didn't roll into Aries until later that day. So he's going to do a lot of charity work and give away a lot of the fortune. But he'll also make the money because he has Jupiter in the house of other people's money. So it'll multiply while he sleeps. So lots of money will come in, too. But he'll be very interested in helping people with his Pisces son. So, you know, people say to me, why is every magazine different? Well, it depends on the year they're basing it on. We base it on the one that's most typical. But if you're a cuss baby, you really need to do a chart. You say, why? What difference does it make? Well, let's say my daughter's born April 19th. She was born four hours before Taurus. And so her ruler is Mars. If she had been a Taurus, her ruler would have been Venus. That makes a difference. I have to first look at the ruler and the conversations that planet is having with the other gang of eight plus plus the sun and moon. (laughs) Well, there are eight planets, I should say, in the sun and moon. I know. So I have to see how they're all getting along. I was going to ask you, did you try and like plan your births <laughs> to have a certain sign? Yeah. Um, I had an extremely high-risk pregnancy where they thought I'd probably die and I had to write my will. Wow. And they said I was thick-headed and, you know, I wanted children in this life. I asked my mother if she would take care of the baby. She said yes. And I did bleed more than the, you know, I bled internally. I was in the hospital two months. They said, well, that's it. You know, you're never having another baby. I said, I'll be back in three years. So in three years and two months, I was back. But they were going to do a cesarean. My feeling about that is I'm Catholic. And when I was little, I went to instruction. And the nun said something. I remember we were all sitting in a circle. And she said, God is omnipotent. And he knows what you're going to do before you do it. I'm like shocked. So I said, does it? mean it doesn't matter what we do? Oh, no, it matters tremendously. It's a choice. You have to make the right choice. But God's going to know ahead of time what that choice is going to be. 
So this was hard for me. The bell rang. She said, you can all go out and play. And I'm pulling at her habit on her sleeve. I'm like, can we go over that again? <laughs> and she did because I wasn't going to leave. This was like major. I had to get this. I didn't understand it until I had Diana, the little one, my second. I thought, oh, boy, I'm having an Aries. This, my husband's a Scorpio. My other daughter's a Pisces. I hope the water doesn't put her fire out. Mm -hmm. She was born with Scorpio rising, perfectly fit in. Uh, there was, uh, she has the moon in Aquarius like her sister does. They're so close. God knew this would be a good family for her and that we would take good care of her. I was, I was so grateful that I had children. I was going to do whatever it took to be the best mother to them and did it. I got it through. Yeah. And how did you use astrology in those times where you were scared for your life and going through illness? Well, or... I remember saying to my mother, my mo that was a breakthrough moment. That's amazing that you should ask me that. When I was pregnant with Diana, all the doctors were screaming. They said, you were told. I said, yeah, but you, you told me if I had an abortion, it was just as dangerous. So I'm having the baby. And I always wanted two. And I didn't ask if it was a boy or a girl. I wanted girls, but I didn't ask. All the way through, I didn't ask either one. And so my mother came over and she said, how is it going? I said, well, they're being negative. She said, what do you mean? Well, that I may not be around to bring up my children. So I have to ask you, would you do it? She said, of course. I'm like, oh, good. I had to make my will out yesterday and I did. And she said, how's your chart? I said, well, that's the sore point. I have a packed eighth house. Now, the eighth house is the house of money other people's money, surgery, and death. It used to be money from the dead, your inheritance, you know, in the, you know, Mesopotamia in the old days. Now we include commission and royalties and licensing fees and things of that sort, uh, scholarships, prize winnings on TV, like deal and no deal, <laughs> stuff <laughs> like that. So she, she nodded and she said, shows the condition I said, Mom, what are you saying? Shows the condition, but not the outcome. She said, Susan, do you think you can have this baby? I said, absolutely. I know I can. I don't buy tickets on airlines that I think are going to crash. And it was exact words. And she said, and so you will. It shows the condition, but not the outcome. You wouldn't have been asked to write out your will this week if you didn't have a packed house of eighth house. That was a breakthrough moment for me as an astrologer, learning that it shows the condition, but our free will brings us to the, the end, uh, to the final outcome. You know, I have this amazing um, experience with Bloomingdale's where they've given me my own boutique from the beginning of January to March 1st. And they said, we hope it does well. And I said, no, no. There's a saying I love. The outcome of a battle is found in the eyes of a general before a single shot is ever fired. It's in the intent. I don't cross my fingers and hope it'll be successful. I'll make it a success. I'm going to put everything behind it and choose the most beautiful gifts for the shoppers. <laughs> and then I'll get to meet the readers. I'll be there a lot. I went there last night and said hello to people. And I'm getting a feel for what they're looking for. And, and the salesmen are giving me some ideas because they're the same ones uh, always. And 
it's been such an experience. I, um, I had dinner with the fashion director last night, and I said, I feel like I've been in a box all my life, and somebody took the lid out. I have so many ideas. <laughs> I'm so excited, you know, and energy attracts energy. And so, you know, I got this wonderful opportunity that, you know, so they have different kind of themes, and I'm just so thrilled. Not, I said, well, I want to be the best. I want to have the the best scores, the best, the best, and I'm going to work the hardest. And and I have all these ideas for them. Yeah, it's like you're... I don't want them to say goodbye to me. I want more things with Billy Dells. <laughs> so, um, you know, you get an opportunity. You have to really enlarge it and see it in its greatest form, not in its narrowest. You know, when we're young, we don't have a lot of confidence. I'll tell you a funny story. I was friends with Scott Norkin, who is who was Avedon's retoucher. And he did all the retouching for Vogue and all the most beautiful models in the world. And I would go up, and I was an agent for commercial photographers, so that's how I met him. And I'd sometimes go to a studio and just watch him work. This is really interesting. And he said, I have to leave Avedon, and I have to find the courage, because I'll never grow if I don't. And I had done his chart, and I saw it was a kind of a fork in the road time for him. And he said, I'm going to a psychiatrist who only deals in business questions. I'm like, oh, I absolutely have to hear everything he says. Oh, my gosh, this is the most exciting thing I've ever heard. You have to tell me everything. And he said, Susan, it's not like that. You know what? I'll give you three sessions with him for Christmas. It was right around Christmas. Well, I go to this gentleman... <laughs> And I said, well, I have these three sessions, but we have to solve everything in three sessions. He said, okay. <laughs> I said, I can't afford to come back. He said, okay. And the first question I said, should I represent only photographers or artists too? He said, well, that's easy. You should only stay with the photographers. I said, how did you know that? He said, I looked at your face. You're not ready to take on artists. I'm like, oh, my God. I feel so much better. Okay. here's." And he, he said something to me, asked me a question that I didn't expect. I was 25 years old. Susan, do you deserve to be successful? So I'm looking around. I'm looking up at the ceiling, I'm thinking, well, I work hard and I think so. And um, I think it'll come. But he said, You totally failed that test. You have to say absolutely yes. I am I am putting the force of everything behind work and um, or or your marriage or whatever it is, one hundred percent and and not not waffle. Yeah, we... you are not ready yet to be successful, and until you can say yes, With you won't be. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I. And by the way, when I hire people, I don't do their chart. I use my my feelings, intuition. Yeah, and I I hear their background and. Are they kind? (laughs) I want them to be kind to the readers. You know, do they have good writing Mm -hmm. skills? You know, things of that sort. But that that was that was a moment I never forgot. You know, and uh, we talk a lot about that at mm -hmm. Sakara. This idea that we are most likely self sabotaging with a lot of the things. Well, sometimes we do, and we don't realize. No, exactly, and that one of the ways that we do often is through food because we don't even notice, you know, we don't even, we have to eat so X many times a day for sustenance and and nourishment. Oh, sure. Um, But there's a lot of 
um, value or um, kind of self-introspection on every single choice that we make about how we nourish ourselves Mm -hmm. with food. And sometimes, oftentimes, we're too busy to really put in the thought and care to make the best decision uh, for our, our nourishment and our health. And so that's where we come in is trying to help people understand that it's a really serious choice because it's not only from a physiological, nutrition, you know, scientific perspective, but also from an emotional health perspective, uh, understanding your worth every single time you sit down to eat. Well, you know, in terms of weight loss, and every woman I know would love to lose five pounds, and I'm always meditating as I'm walking along the street about a different subject. I just pick a philosophical subject and I chew on it. So I was thinking about eating, and I thought when you order in a restaurant, the kitchen doesn't know if you're a six foot six man, maybe 300 pounds, or if you're a five foot one woman. Everybody gets the same size portion. That was breakthrough for me. Oh my gosh, you know? This, and then just this week, you know, you, you come home, you're famished, and you eat, but you're still hungry. And then I thought to myself, when you take a couple of Tylenol or whatever, you don't say, oh, well, it didn't work yet. I have to take the whole bottle. You give it a half an hour to work. And I keep reminding myself, okay, you ate. I think you ate enough. If you're still hungry after a half an hour, you're not going to take the whole medicine bottle of Tylenol. You'll die if you do. You know, And that totally changed my perspective. Tuning into your body intelligence. Yeah. It, you... It takes your body body a little time to digest it, and it never really hit me like it did this week. It it really Mm. hit me. Amazing. Well, you mentioned before something about that your house being full, your eighth house, and Mm -hmm. you're talking about different houses. Can you explain a little bit about what that means? The different houses. Oh well, the sky is divided into twelve portions. The first house is you. And it's the hardest house for me to read because it's things you hold dear and what's important to you, your desires, how you look to your vitality, your health, your optimism, but also literally how you look. Uh, Your second house is your money and how you make it, how you save it, how you spend it, how you invest it. Uh, Third house is, is so interesting. It's the house of communication. And the ancients felt communicating clearly and well was so important that it gave it its own house. Um, So it's these houses are when you're learning as a child. You know, you may have had a piggy bank, Mm -hmm. the second house, the third house, you're learning uh, how to write, how to speak, grammar. But you're just getting, you're little, so you're not really learning grammar yet. You're learning words. Um, The Fourth house is the family and the home and what your house looks like, but also the people who brought you life, your mother and father. Now, when you look at the horoscope wheel, the third house of communication also rules your sisters and brothers. Why do sisters and brothers come before parents in the fourth house? Because it's the twins. You met your sibling in utero. Hmm. So then you got the fourth house of home. So I can tell when it's great to find a new apartment, whatever. Fifth house is love. It's when you're likely to find love or have a baby. Or you can use the creativity aspect of it just to work on an amazingly creative project. 
sixth house is when you're a little bit older. And it is the first house echoes the infant and Aries all the way. Now, sixth house is already Virgo. You're doing your homework. You're going to school. You're little still. You may have a pet and your mother's telling you, you have to take care of your pet. You have to walk the dog. You have to feed him or give your little kitten some some water or milk, you know. And now you're at, you've done all the bottom houses. And we're now breaking into the top. Okay. So where, where that three is on the clock between the three and the two is the seventh house of marriage. Now, each house on the horoscope wheel is on the same axis. So where, you know, the first house is you, the seventh house is your partner in love or in business, your agent, your publicist, social media manager, whoever. The eighth house is other people's money. The second house was your money. Mm. Scorpio naturally rules the eighth house and teaches how to multiply your money through investment. But it's also money people give you, like an inheritance, like a prize, like a bonus, things like that. Money that comes to you in the eighth house comes in chunks. This year, that's what Gemini is going to be getting, chunks of money. All right. <laughs> they should definitely ask for a scholarship. <laughs> they get a chunk there. Now, the ninth house takes what you learned in the third house communication to a much more sophisticated level. First of all, the ancients felt that travel was the best way to learn about the world. So long-distance travel, foreign people, foreign places, international relationships are in the ninth house because it's a form of education. Um, also, higher education. This is not high school anymore. That's third house and below. This is college and graduate school and really specializing in what you want to know. Now, that's taking information in. It also rules pushing information out through publishing and broadcasting. So your show would come under the ninth house. Legal matters come under the ninth house because in court they're debated. It's ruled by Libra and trying to find the right proportion, the right balance. Mm. The 10th house is opposite the house of home. It's right at the top of the chart. It's at the tippy top. It's how the community sees you. It's your legacy. It's what you're known for in this world, your greatest contribution to the world. And if you change jobs when the 10th house is activated, you get a big step up. If you do it when the 6th house is uh, activated, the 6th house is work projects that come across your desk. You're pretty much going to make a, a lateral move. All right, now we have love in the 5th house. Opposite is the 11th house. 11th house is platonic love, friendships. 5th house is romantic love. But I will say this. When there's a lot of energy in one house, like um, there's so much Capricorn right now, there's like so many planets, that 11th house is really stuffed. Let's see, for Capricorn, oh, for Pisces. That Jupiter in that ninth house is going, 11th house is going to bounce into the fifth house and give opportunity and love too. But the guy or girl who is the Pisces has to circulate, make many new friends. And among those new friends, there will be someone who stands out. That 11th house also rules charities, 
which I think is so nice. I think people, I'm encouraging people to find a charity you can give to, even just a little, or if you can only send a check because you're so busy. You know you know how they send you those stickers? Oh, well, yeah. I, yeah. my daughter said, I have this theory, the more you give out, the more you get back in life. Absolutely. I said, well, you know what? I'm going to try that out. Every time a charity wrote to me, I sent them money, and I used those little stickers. Well, my mailbox exploded. <laughs> but I've never had a better year. Oh, my gosh. It's just been so nice. And, you know, it, it just makes you feel calm and secure. <laughs> so the 11th house is humanitarian efforts. It's also politics. And it's a house that's naturally ruled by Aquarius. The 12th house is a house most astrologers don't understand. First of all, it's extremely creative. It echoes the part of you when you were in your mother's placenta. It was when you were being formed. It rules your subconscious. It rules the right side of your brain. People who have a packed 12th house usually make great psychiatrists. Uh, it rules mental health, but it also rules healing of all kinds. It also rules confinement. It rules nursing homes and hospitals and physical therapy sessions. I once had a lady at a very fine jewelry company that you know and you've probably brought jewelry from. And I said, there's someone around you in a hospital or a nursing home. No. In the physical therapy? No. Jail? Oh, yeah, my brother's in jail. <laughs> I almost fell off the chair. This is not what I expected. Now I mention everything because you never know. So, um, but that's where you get rehabilitated, hopefully. Mm -hmm. I think jails have a long way to go. I think we're kind of in the Middle Ages with that. I, I, I think we need prison reform desperately. Yeah. Um, but that's a whole other topic. That's a whole other topic. <laughs> I was going to ask you, what uh, mm. what do you see for 2020 just in mm -hmm. general as we were talking about kind mm -hmm. of themes and what Oh, I see a no recession. Feeling. I know the pundits go on TV and say, well, Germany is slowing down and so is Japan. It'll probably come here and we'll have a recession. No, we won't. Jupiter and Pluto are together this year. It happens once every 13 years. So all of us have been so excited. It's coming. It's coming. Now, Jupiter and Pluto can pump up the economy so much. It's like a hot air balloon going to the moon. I mean, it just keeps going. But there's another planet that's going to be packing taped together with them, like as if they're being FedEx somewhere. And the and they're shoulder to shoulder. Let me ask you a question. Did you ever um, have, a, you know, a friend was coming into town. You haven't seen him in a long time. You're going to dinner. This is Jupiter and Pluto. They're so excited. They're going to talk about what they're going to do for all of us. And their little brother comes and says, I'm coming too. And it's Saturn. No, you're not. You're staying home. Mommy said I could come. Okay. Okay. Oh, all right. Come. Come. Listen in. Um, yeah. Tell us what you think. And astrologers were confused by this. And I had to think about it a long time. Jupiter expands everything it touches. Everything. And Pluto is a financial sign in the way Jupiter is too. But it, Jupiter's more goodness in all realms and healing. It's also the planet of miracles. 
And Pluto multiplies this over and over when they're together. That's why it's such a, a wonderful aspect. And uh, Bill Gates has it at birth. Uh, Britney Spears. Warren Buffett has it. Robert De Niro. I was looking at all the celebs that had it. J-Lo has it. Mm. These people think big. And, and we all will be thinking big. Now, Saturn shrinks everything it touches. So now you have two opposites. Little brothers coming along, and they're all glued together. I think it's a good thing because Saturn will hold down inflation. Because what good is it if we all make more money and all the prices go up and we're back to square one? We don't feel like we have more options because everything's costing more. I think it's a good thing. Hmm. Now, 2021, whoever gets in, there's no way that the economy could stay as good as 2020 is going to be. And they're all saying, oh, last year was better. I don't think so. I think we're going to have a really good economy. And I think both political parties are going to try to do what they can to, you know, it's an election year, mm -hmm. so it makes sense. But this astrology rules the whole world. I think that the China um, agreement will have to be reached. I used to think that it was only cars and computers that were affected. Beauty companies, fashion companies, everybody's affected. So they'll have to figure out something. Uh, so, and they probably are. We just don't know they're talking. Um, I'm hoping. <laughs> I'm optimistic. So it's going to be a good year. But it's the year we have to plan our initiations so carefully. We can't just pick any old day to walk in and ask for that raise. And so or how to, do you do that? Well, that's why I print my calendar and I put everything that's on the calendar on my app. I'm in the Apple App Store and Google Play. I have your app. And it gives you all the days. But see, the reason I do my calendar is if you're planning a wedding, you need to look at months. And it's hard on a list on your little phone. This is serious stuff. And I'm also writing the year ahead. I'm finished writing it. I'm just reading the last six chapters and I'm done. Um, I used that quite a bit last year. Oh. <laughs> you did an event at Spring Place. And you oh, yeah. Them, right. Yeah. So you my were husband, there? Oh, my I gosh. wasn't, but my husband brought me home. Oh, uh, oh the the, year uh, that ahead. was that. I published the calendar. I mean, right, there are times when we try things. Yeah. And then I'm buying the barcode and I'm thinking, what did I bite off? And I'm taking, you know, bids from different printers and I'm like, oh my God, you know, but yet I have a team, my editor in chief, and I have five editors on my team and I have a head of digital and they all jumped in and said, okay, you're feeling overwhelmed. Keep writing. We'll help you. Great. <laughs> if you surround yourself with good, intelligent people, they can, they can calm you down when you're absolutely. like, oh, no, how yeah, do you do this? Bowker does not make it easy. That's who's in this so, room with us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you have the calendar. Mm -hmm. Then what do I do with this calendar? Well, you look at it. You know, girls who are getting married tell me, oh, May or June. Well, they think they're giving me two months. They're giving me about eight days or nine days. You know, they're not giving me two months. This year, Venus and Mars will retrograde. Okay, we need to talk about it because it's both the same year. Venus goes retrograde every year and a half mm -hmm. for 40 days. And Venus rules things interesting to women. 
So if you're a marketing person and you're launching something that women would buy, you cannot do it between May 13th and June 25th. You cannot. Our team's freaking out over there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh Uh-oh, is somebody getting married? They're all taking notes. No, we're launching 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 things. Oh, okay. (laughs) You should not get married with Venus retrograde because you're putting the planets into the birth of your relationship and Venus retrograde means that eventually love would cool down. And you don't want that. You want vibrant love. Um, it's also not a time to have Botox. Everybody in LA takes out their phones and writes it down. <laughs> I love LA. <laughs> <laughs> They're so cute. I love them out there. I go there Wait, almost What does it have month. to do with Botox? Yeah. What is- well, it's appearance. Venus oh. is your face, your, your looks. You shouldn't go from blonde to, you know, jet black, like in Pulp Fiction or something. You shouldn't have a radical change. Once I was sitting in front of Equinox and they hadn't opened the door for the gym. And this woman, I don't know her, we're talking and she's really nice. And at one point she said, you know, I really need to get a haircut. I said, well, it looks kind of nice. And she said, well, Susan Miller said, I shouldn't do anything with (laughs) Venus retrograde. And I said, I'm Susan Miller. She said, oh, yeah, well, I'm the Easter Bunny. No, I said, no, no, I, I am. I had to show her my my ID. Oh, my gosh. I don't want people to th- think that they should have no grooming. We don't want you to run around like little ragamuffins. It's just radical changes. changes. Right. Even men shouldn't shave off their beard or grow one. Just wait, you know. Okay. And that, can you remind me the date? That's May 13th. May 13th. To June 25th. Now, some of your readers are going to go, oh, no, I'm getting married then. I have a workaround. Three of my friends were getting married at different points in the past few years at the wrong time. One in Ireland, one in Tuscany, and one in Mexico. Beautiful weddings. Spent a lot, and they were putting all the pieces together. I said, look, you have to get married at City Hall on a day I tell you, and this way I have the whole year, I can pick really good days. You do not tell your mother and father. You do not tell your guests. You may, you may get a best friend or two to be witnesses, or you just take somebody who's standing there. Off the street, yeah. Yeah, which probably would be better because then they're really sworn to secrecy. They don't even know who you are. Mm-hmm. And I will pick the best days. All three of them did it. All three of them, the groom said, sure, I want to make you happy. In the eyes of the state, you're married. In the eyes of astrology, you're married. You're not going to celebrate that day. You're going to celebrate your big church wedding or synagogue wedding and your reception. And you're going to have your beautiful dress. And you're you're going to have a wonderful wedding. And you're going to be secure in knowing. Okay. And if we have a product launch within that date, should we technically launch it before? Yeah. And then I love the front part of the year. Yeah. Okay. Now, we have Mars retrograde Okay, at a very bad time when most companies come out with new products. September 9th to November 13th. That's long. Mars retrogrades every two years. As humans, we always want to hear new, 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 time to you know start something. And the universe puts these stops in, these breaks that we have to go back and polish things up. And we don't want to hear about it, but it's the way it is. Mm-hmm. Mars teaches us to be competitive. So if we want to be the best we could be, which, of course, that's always me. I always, I always want to give 
You don't want to launch with Mars retrograde. Mars also rules sex. And if you get married with Mars retrograde, well, the love may be there, but the sex is terrible. Wow. Yeah, you, you want to avoid that. Again, you get married that's, ahead of time. That's high wedding season. September, October. Go to City Hall on a good day. And actually, October, November is a double whammy because Mercury's retrograde at the same time. And um, Mercury will retrograde February 16th, March 9th, June 17th to July 12th. And I don't remember the exact dates in October, November, but they're in the middle of that retrograde. But the good part is we can shop for Christmas and Hanukkah because... There's no retrogrades, and the retailers will love it because we won't have as many returns. You know, you don't have to buy a gift card. You can actually buy a present and wrap it up, which I love. I love doing that. It's <laughs> and so why, creative, you know. Why do you think that Mercury retrograde is so much more popular than any of the others? Well, it's and the one it that mean... affects everybody. Ah. And it happens so much. It's every um, – it's three times a year for three and a half weeks. And what does it mean exactly? Because I think there are a lot of opinions oh, right. out there. Well, Mercury rules contracts, communication, and travel. So when Mercury retrogrades, if you have a negotiation and you sign, you're going to have to do it over again. Or even you'll say to yourself, I don't even know if I want to go into this relationship again with this company or whatever. You, you don't want to um, buy anything electronic because Mercury rules the moving parts of the machine. Now, once I remember, gee, you know, Apple's a great company. And I'm telling people, no, stay at the Apple store, don't buy anything, don't go to Best Buy. And my daughter, of course, my little Aries, is always challenging everything I'm saying. And I had given her a gift card for Christmas, so she bought a computer. And then she comes to me kind of a little shy and says, you know that computer I bought last month? I have to bring it. I have to sell it. I went on Craigslist, and luckily I found somebody in Los Angeles who I can actually see, and I don't have to send it in the mail. I said, wait a minute, Diana. What was wrong with the computer? She said, I'm a music producer. I didn't buy a big enough drive. I don't know what I was thinking for all the songs I need. We sometimes you know, don't think, and we buy the wrong model, or a new model comes out, and we're like, oh, that's what I need. Or remember when Apple dropped the price on their iPhones way back in 2007 or 8? Everybody bought a $600 phone, and suddenly they dropped it to 400 and they weren't going to return any of the money to the first people. That happens too. You just don't buy things with mercury retrograde, especially electronics. Have patience. Yes, and you know marriage is a contract. We don't think of it that way, but it is. And it's a promise, and it has legal ramifications, and we become forgetful, we rush. Oh, listen, are you kidding? I take my earrings off in taxi cabs after the event and put it in the zippered section. How many times have I gone home and felt my ear, uh uh-oh, one earring is missing, and of course you're never going to find it again online. It's... It's because the collar of your coat kind of pushes mm-hmm. it off. No, I am super careful. I don't carry around my favorite sunglasses. My second favorite sunglasses. <laughs> you know, like, my second fa- pa- favorite pair of gloves. Not my first pair. And you have to, look, you, you saw my prepare. phone has my you business prepare. card scotch taped to the back. And yeah. I said, I don't care how it looks. My, yeah. my life's in my phone. You know, you, you get off a plane and you leave your iPad in that little pocket. 
you really have to be deliberate mm. when Mercury's retrograde. Now, if you're having a baby with Mercury retrograde, don't worry. It's always good to be born. A baby born with Mercury retrograde is more philosophical. Yeah. Because they're always looking back, they're thinking about things, they're very philosophical. Mm. So that part is fine. But if you find out that any planet was retrograde, and there, there's always like half of them are retrograde, because for example, Jupiter retrogrades four months a year, uh, Uranus four or five months a year, it's the way it is. If you find during your lifetime one of those planets is going direct, that's a huge year. And in 1995, Pluto went direct in my chart, and Time Warner came to me and offered me a space on their website, Pathfinder. That was pre-AOL. And I talked them into astrology zone. They wanted something short for women every day. I wanted something long for men and women once a month. We were at opposite ends of the spectrum. But I showed them why it would be better to have long forecasts, because anything short in astrology is misleading and confusing. And I laid it all out, and they went with it. Wow. You know, and that's also, I want to tell your listeners, if you're asked to do an assignment and you think it's all wrong, speak up. Because the other person may not have thought through it as much as you have, as deeply as you have. And, and it just shows you're thinking. And if you still have to do it their way, okay. Yeah. It's all right. But at least you've kind of shown them there's another path here yeah. that could be better. And I like what you're saying about long form. How do you how do you wish? What is your wish for your readers? When how, they read do, it? how do yeah? And how do we use everything that you tell us? Do we check it every day? Do we no once a month? But you have to blend. If you know your rising sign, people say, "What if they conflict? What if it's terrible for money in one and really good?" I say, "You're not going to suffer as much. Mm-hmm. You have those good aspects from your rising sign coming in." Well, what if I talk a lot about um, a new home possibility, renting a new place or renovating or buying new furniture, and a lot with friends. Your friends may get you the apartment. It probably won't come through a broker, so you have to tell everybody you know. After you close the computer, what am I talking about the most? Just tie those two words together, that and that, and find the link that blends them together. Mm. And what if you don't necessarily feel very connected to your sign? Oh, people tell me that all the time. Is that just my ego yeah. or something? No, no, no. And I never even use that word. <laughs> no. Um, take Brad Pitt. He is a Sagittarian, but he has so many planets in Capricorn. Hmm. Uh, I think four. That's a lot. That's a stellium. And that's what we call it. So he... He married Angelina. I think I have at least four in Capricorn. Oh, yeah? Also. Yeah. Oh, boy. You were probably born during the last time we had a lot of planets in Capricorn. That was 1988, 89, 90, 91. I was born in 86. 86 there was some, huh? Wow. Those weren't outer planets. Those were inner planets Mm -hmm. because you were born in January. But still, you feel at home right now because all the planets are like little relatives kissing your <laughs> your natal planet. <laughs> but it's, it's like, very strong. We haven't seen you in a while. Yeah, but you know, when you have an eclipse, that is shocker. And there was a monster last year on July sixteenth. I was even worried. I mean, how the hell is this going to affect me? It was in my house of surgery. 
And I thought, oh, no, you know, I live in hospitals. I've had so, so many hospital stays. Once I was in for 11 months when I was 14, I never went to high school. I did homeschool. And so what happened with Brad Pitt? Oh, he married Angelina, who's a Gemini, perfect for Sag. But all that earth, all that earth on her air smothered her. And he was drinking. He admits it. I was pulling for them because they had so many children. You know, in my head, I never met them. And and uh, Jennifer Addison was Aquarius, is Aquarius, air, which would have gone well with his fire. But it's all that earth that's interfering with his women who he marries that are air. Mm-hmm. You know, he's probably has to find someone with air and earth, <laughs> and they didn't have much of either. <laughs> but um, and so with know. this eclipse that we just had, yeah, January, the in January, yeah. When will all of that kind of clear up? Well, I'm asking for a friend. Yeah, asking for a friend. <laughs> well, you know, we saw it play out on the world stage. Uh, we have ha- Harry, who is a uh, Prince Harry, who is a Virgo with Capricorn rising. And Virgos have the best love aspects. Oh, my gosh. I think they're going to have another baby really soon. It would be great to do it, too. And she's 37 or so, and... I'm not I'm not up to date. She could be 38. But, you know, so it's a glorious year for him. Now, keep in mind, he has Capricorn rising. So what's on the other side, six months away? Cancer. Cancer on the cusp of his house of marriage. Megan is a Leo with Cancer rising. Her Cancer rising falls in his marriage house. But she has Capricorn on her marriage house. The eclipses cut right across both of them, hit both of them on the nail on the head. When you have an eclipse, you must accept the news, save your dignity, and don't try to get it changed. Mm -hmm. If if your boyfriend or girlfriend breaks up from you, it's final. It's Mm -hmm. not going to go back. And I'm thinking, i got to get a message to the queen. They're not coming back. But then she had such a nice statement today. Did you hear on the news? Mm -hmm. She mentioned family nine times in the statement. Harry's always been one of her favorites. So she's adjusting too. She's a Taurus. Actually, those eclipses were fairly good to Taurus, which meant she would accept and absorb the news better than we expected and probably better than she expected. And, and so you were talking mm-hmm. about um, the eclipse that was January 10th, you said? Mm-hmm. Just a few days Just ago. Just a few days mm-hmm. ago. And so in terms of love and relationships, what happened? You said what happened Well, then? wherever people have Capricorn in their chart uh-huh. uh, or cancer, it was lit up like a Christmas tree. Yeah. So for Aries, it's career. And home. There could be some changes, like the landlord sold the building or you know what? I've always hated this kitchen. I hired a contractor. I can't take it anymore. It's almost like that. Often, though, you get news on an eclipse, and the news is like a ray of truth. It's like a brilliant light. It's almost like a puzzle piece falling out of the sky, and once you put it in the puzzle you've been working on, it changes the whole picture, and you understand it in a new way. 
And it's usually something that's been going on under the surface that cracks the surface. That's why it seems sudden to us because it wasn't on our radar. Hmm. But it's definitely valuable to know it's there to protect you. Aries was home and career. But remember, if the mathematical degrees don't touch one of your planets within five degrees, you're not going to feel it. Hmm. Whereas your best friend is going to like, oh my gosh, in tears or or whatever, change. Taurus is going to be traveling foreign cities and maybe do some publishing or going back to graduate school. My assistant, Courtney, is a Taurus. Now, none of these things seem likely. Barnes & Noble calls her up and wants her to write a book on Taurus. Out of the blue. She's never written a book. She's never written a column. They like her Instagram. She writes the book. It's on an, it's, it just came out in Barnes & Noble. Taurus. Aries. We have to always start That's with Aries because it's the bud. Aries, it's career and could have some changes in the home. Um, Taurus, it's travel, publishing, and higher education, college and beyond. Gemini, it's money, 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 money. And people who think they're not getting money, they left. Mm-hmm. Cancer is the sign most likely to marry oh. or break up. The spectrum is very wide on them. They're either deliriously happy and getting engaged all over the world and setting their date or breaking up because it's just not working. But there seems to be nothing in between. They've had a hard time because all the planets are opposite theirs in Capricorn. And it means you have no support. Even at work, when everybody always liked what you suggested, they're going, why do I have to do it your way? And you're like, wow, you always liked my ideas. Why are you, like, questioning me? But (laughs) it's the way it is. Leo, fitness and health, spectacular. Lose that last five pounds, get fit and lean, look dynamite on the dance floor, start now. You have to start with that. That eclipse opened a portal. you got to start now. Also, lots of assignments. If they're self-employed, they're deliriously happy because the phone keeps ringing. But even if they're not, they get the best assignments in their their department they work in. And those assignments are going to lead them in four years. They're going to build on it. They're showing that they can do more. And it leads them up the ladder of success. Not yet. They have a lot to prove yet. But it's all good. Virgo won the the lotto here. They have the best love aspects in the whole zodiac. And they're the ones helping everybody else and staying late. They have to leave at a decent hour. If they're married already, more time together, bonding together. Also, children come into the picture. Best year ever to have a baby. And that's what Harry's got. Princess Harry's got that. Um, Now we have Libra. It's all real estate, real estate, real estate. Look for a new apartment or house. Renovate or buy new furniture. But you're going to have to wait 12 years to have anything this good again. Mm. Scorpio is all about communication. And they could start a podcast, start an app, write a book, write a screenplay. Everything. The year makes it or breaks it on their ability to communicate. Mm. They could be an editor. They could be a writer, journalist, filmmaker, anything in the communication arts. Okay. Sag had their emerald year last year. When you have Jupiter in your sign, you get everything you want. But there was one thing missing. They were not making the salary they felt they deserved. It should have been more. Now, 
people on the outside might say, oh, you, you do pretty well. That's a pretty good salary. Not considering the proportion of work they're putting in. They were unhappy. This year, the universe makes a correction and they get the money they deserve. Now we get to Capricorn. The horn of plenty is coming to them. This is their emerald year. Imagine you holding eight little emeralds, maybe from Cartier, perfectly cut. One of them, you pick one up to the light. One of them is this year. Why do I say eight? Because eight times 12 is 96. If you live to 96, you only get eight in your lifetime. It's that special. When you have Jupiter in your sign, it's considered the best for finding love. So a Capricorn and Virgo have the best aspects for new love. Um, but it's really everything, opportunity, uh, influential people helping you, going out of their way. And you'll say to yourself, I wish life could always be this good. <laughs> um, you're planting the seeds, though, this year, Capricorn. Next year, they come up in the garden. Okay, just Sagittarius is having it now. Aquarius has a quiet year. They're getting ready for their emerald year in 2021. But they have to decide what goes, what stays. If they keep their basket as full as it is now, it'll be like a computer with too many programs open. It'll crash. You have to empty some parts of it so that the universe can give you something good. If you don't decide, the universe will decide for you. And that's not ideal. We all have friends who hate their apartment, for example. Every day she comes to work, she hates it. It's too far from work. It's small, it's dark, it's expensive, and my landlord is crazy. Welcome to New York and City. And he never, he never gives me heat. I hate it. And one day, the landlord said, I sold the building. You're going to have to move. I loved that apartment. Oh, my gosh. I wrote my book in that apartment. I have so many happy memories. No, you hated that apartment. And the universe knows it and is taking it away to give you something better. And in a few months, you'll look back and you won't even remember being upset. That's how it works. <laughs> you have to have faith that things do where every time I've been kicked in the pants, my career's gotten better. I hate to say it, kicking and screaming. Oh, no, this is the end of the world. And I've had a lot of crisis in the 24 years that Astrology Zone has been alive. But you learn to deal with them and you learn to make it work in your favor because it forces you to look at options. Okay, the last sign is Pisces. It's all about friendships, making new friends. They're going to pour in by the dozens. They're going to be younger than you. They're going to be very successful because Pluto is there. Some will be older. Actually, you could get a mentor. And they're going to be super creative. And because Uranus is in such a nice angle to all those planets. And among all those people you're meeting, it could be that you meet someone new romantically. I'm encouraging all Pisces to do charity work this year because you'll be next to someone who has a like-minded direction or volunteer for a political campaign. That sounds like so much fun, but I guess you'd have to be out of work to do it or be a writer who writes all night. And, you know, I've always wanted to do something like that and see a campaign from the inside. But, um, if you're a Pisces that has the time, it would be a lot of fun. And no one ever says we don't need more volunteers. No matter what level you can give time, you know, you can um, make a difference. So, um, yeah, I've made it actually um, a promise to myself that I would do more for charity this year. Yeah. I have as well. 
Yeah, something I, that has been it's coming so nice. Strong. One thing we like to talk about, you know, Whitney and I created Sakara because eating this way completely changed our lives and saved our lives in many ways. So our company is based on our Sakara nutrition um, protocol, which includes various things, everything from getting enough plants into your diet, absolutely, mm-hmm. but getting enough greens, mm-hmm. uh, enough different colors, enough sulfurous vegetables. There's about nine pillars. And so we design every single meal based on those pillars and deliver it to people's door all across the country. Because eating this way was so transformative for us that we made it our mission to help other people experience the same transformation. Oh, wow. And so it feels really powerful. And I feel like I I know this, the answer to this question that I'm about <laughs> to ask you, but I want to ask you anyway. Um, what do you think your mission is here on Earth? Oh, to show people their possibilities. You know, as I said before, when you're so focused on a problem, you don't see all the good that's around you. And I want to show people that. A lot of people turn to astrology when they're having a tough time, but I want them to come to me when they're not having a tough time because there's the garden's coming up and, and the plums are on the tree and it's there for you to take. I know? love that analogy so much that you said where, yeah, there are Beautiful. seeds growing and mm-hmm. you have to know that they're there in order to harvest. Yeah. And well, you have to be part of the planting process yeah. too. Yeah. You have to show your will. You have to show determination, but energy can can create miracles. You know, in astrology, if you've ever looked at your chart, the sun is a round circle with a dot in the middle. That dot, the ancients felt, was the divine spark within that you were given. You were given a piece of God. That's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. You know what? Your chart will never be replicated again, not in time, space, or geography ever. There will never be another you. When you think about that, the ramifications from that, it means you should sing your own song, not the song your professor talked you into or that your parents said you have to become a doctor because we come from a family of doctors. If you don't want to be, you have to listen to your heart Mm -hmm. because that's where you'll excel because passion gets you over the humps. Everybody has career problems sooner or later everybody. And it's a learning process. And I have no idea if astrology zone is going to die. And she's three years old at the time. <laughs> and, I, and I just had to have faith in the universe. And I said, well, it's in the, angel, the, the, the hands of the angels. Mm-hmm. I have a kind of a weird question. You know, I'm really, That's okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, somewhat of a science geek and I'm very much into everything from physics, astrophysics. I love chaos. uh, Astronomy. Yeah. Yeah. And how, I guess, how do you feel about us going to the moon or other planets? Does it ever feel like uh, we shouldn't be? Oh no, we have to. We have to. We have to. I'm so grateful in my lifetime. I saw a man on the moon. we will have to change the algorithms if babies are born on different planets. And that's way beyond my ability to do. But there are mathematicians that have gone to Harvard or Yale who can figure it out. But, yeah, we talk about it in astrology. Very cool. And I, I want to make this point. No astrologer believes in astrology before she or he studies astrology. I mean, I didn't. I thought it was all crazy. 
I just have trouble with people who dismiss it out of hand without looking at it, without having their chart done or having a little tutorial on it. Yeah. And I'm very careful to be even, Stephen, with all the readers, never short shift, never mm -hmm. rushing, trying yeah. to do the very best job I can do. It's a big do. responsibility. So we've told you a little bit about light work. Yeah. It's something that we ask all of our guests that come on oh. to our podcast to do. It is for our listeners to give them a way to put this work into action, mm -hmm. something that we talked about today, so that they can use it to fuel their change, fuel their transformation, and help them create the life that they want to be living. Uh, so we'd love for you to give some light work to our Sakara lights. Sometimes the best things happen when you're giving and not thinking about yourself. And I say... Love the people around you, your employees, if you hire people or if you manage them in a company. Love them. Love even the stock boy or the, the girl who's gone on the subway and took an hour to get to work. Love them and don't treat them as things. They're people. Life is short. We have to surround ourselves with love. If, if you treat people with kindness you're going to do better. Everybody will work together and, and it'll be a joyful place. You won't dread coming to the office. And if it is a toxic place, then you do need to move. We've created such a nice circle here with your friends, with your employees, with your family. You know, ask what's important to you and then live it. Because sometimes we say our family is important and we never call them. <laughs> or we don't ask, answer our mother's text, like my children. <laughs> so it really is like what we were talking about earlier of not just saying, well, I'm supposed to meet the man of my dreams today and then sit at home watching Netflix. Yeah, you got to work for it. You have to show the universe what you want. Mm -hmm. And so show the people around you the love, if you want to have good relationships, if you want to have success, if you want to have good family, then you have to show them the love. That's so well put and better than I said it, because if you send it out, it will come back to you. It will. Yeah, absolutely. It will. And um, I guess it's the golden rule. Yeah. <laughs> This has been so oh, I lovely meeting yeah, you. Thanks. So if our listeners want to learn more about their own charts and mm -hmm. about everything we're talking about and start putting it into action in their mm -hmm. own lives, where should they go to oh, learn more? Oh, well, my website is astrologyzone.com. I have two apps. So my app is called Daily Horoscopes Astrology Zone. It has to say that by Susan Miller. It's much more than Daily Horoscopes, but I have essays and lots of things on it. Beautiful. So, so that's you. where uh, they would go. And if they need a chart reading, they should write to us on the site. We read every letter. Wow. Thank you so yeah. much, Susan. It's been such a pleasure oh, to have you, you here today. <laughs> oh. That was such an incredible episode with Susan Miller. We had no idea that she struggled with so many health issues. 
And it got us thinking, you know, today we talked a lot about the planets and the galaxy out and beyond here on planet Earth, but there's also a galaxy within. It's called your microbiome, and it contains trillions of bacteria. And now we know more than ever that it's also in charge of so much of our health. Over 70% of your immune system lies in your gut. So today we're hearing from a Saqqara light named Caitlin. She's from New York, and she has an incredible story about how our Saqqara daily probiotics changed her life. These are amazing, she says. I'm 25 years old and grew up suffering major stomach issues. I hated food because it was painful. I became a vegetarian when I was about 15 years old and a vegan when I was 19. While that helped a lot, it wasn't enough. I would sob hysterical sobs in work bathrooms because stomach pains, indigestion, and bloating. I couldn't understand all the issues. A year ago, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Finally, the answer, however, I'd already been avoiding gluten religiously for about two to three years. My body was damaged. These probiotics and enzymes helped heal my stomach so much. I've taken these for a few months and wow. No more pregnant bloating and stabbing pains in my belly. I used to have many food sensitivities and honestly believe these have helped my system calm down and heal. I love these. And I highly recommend to anyone who has experienced intestinal damage, food allergies or sensitivities and bloating discomforts. Also, I used to have a lot of gas from the bloating and indigestion, and this has also rid that problem. All my life, I was so embarrassed and I finally feel okay. Thank you, Sakara. Well, thank you, Caitlin. We're so grateful that these had such a profound impact on your life. These are very special probiotics indeed. They contain 11 strains of beneficial bacteria. And unlike most probiotics, they also contain prebiotic, which is uh, food for the healthy bacteria to stick around. And they contain digestive enzymes to help us break down our food and systemic enzymes. Systemic enzymes help break down material in the body that's no longer needed. So they are amazing, and we're so happy we got to be a part of your journey to feeling like your best self. If you have a Sakara story that you would like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at sakarastories at sakaralife.com. That's S-A-K-A-R-A-S-T-O-R-I-E-S at sakaralife.com, or send us a DM at sakaralife. Don't forget to hit subscribe for the Sakara Life podcast and share this episode with anyone you think needs to hear what we talked about today. And don't forget about the light work. It might feel a little hard, a little uncomfortable, but it's supposed to. The whole idea is that we lean into what's uncomfortable so we all get to shine our lights a little brighter. And we'll see you on the other side, Sakara Lights. This podcast was recorded live at Noya House in New York City. 